In every generation, there are chosen queers. We alone will stand against the cisheads, the straights, and the forces of darkness. We are the Gayers. Hello, and welcome to We Are the Gayers. Happy Buck Moon, happy Gay Wrath Month, and happy Supermoon, too. Um, This is a fully spoiled Buffy podcast recorded in order of how much we like the seasons, starting with season four. And today we are not talking about Beer Bad because we skipped the episodes we don't feel like talking about. And so instead, we are discussing Buffy season four, episode six, Wild at Heart. This episode originally aired on our Patreon in February of 2021. So if you like this podcast and you want to binge a bunch of episodes, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash hashtag ruthless because it's been coming out there since October of 2020. Um, Also, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a second to go on Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and some kind words. It really helps other people when they're deciding whether or not they want to listen to a show. It helps them make that decision if you have said, hey, you should listen to this show. So we would really, really appreciate it. Um, You can also find us if you want more information about, you know, all of the things that we do and our million other podcasts that we make, head to our website. It's hashtag ruthless.com. We're also on Instagram at hashtag ruthless pods, as well as on Tumblr at hashtag ruthless pods. And again, our Patreon is patreon.com slash hashtag ruthless. We're also doing some fun summer programming on our podcast, The Gaily Planet, where we're doing a summer camp where we talk about campy movies all summer long. So far, we've talked about Serial Mom and Batman and Robin. Our next episode is going to be about the movie Debs. So definitely check that out if you like hearing us talk about fun, silly, gay media. Finally, I want to say thank you to everyone who supports us and makes it possible for this to be me and Jesse's jobs, Um, whether that's through our Patreon or subscribing to our sticker club or leaving us donations or even just telling your friends and leaving us reviews. Uh, We literally could not do this without you because this is our real actual jobs and it's thanks to you that that's true and we are just so incredibly thankful. So I think that's it. We will be back on August 1st for the full Sturgeon Moon. And now let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to We Are the Gayers, a podcast where a couple of sorcerers talk about (laughs) Buffy the Vampire Slayer. (laughs) Uh, Jesse, could you like real quick explain why that's our new intro? Um, This is our new intro. Partly because uh, this is definitely a thing that uh, Giles refers to himself and Ethan as. Ethan says it. Ethan says it, you're right. Um, Which is very good. But also because I found out that sorcerer at some point was a code word for being queer. So obviously. (laughs) Yes. Uh, very soon, listeners, whenever we get to the episode, A New Man, which is like one of my comfort episodes, like I, it will always make me feel better. 
um, we will get to the part where Giles and his like very obviously ex are ha- sitting down to drinks and his ex is like, we're still a couple of sorcerers. The night is still our time. And you'll be like, oh, yes, sorcerer does mean gay. Yeah, yeah, you guys are totally, yeah, it's going to be great. Can't wait. Can't wait for that. But today we're talking about something less cheerful, which yeah. is Wild at Heart. <laughs> womp, Ep- womp. Episode whatever of what episode is episode six? Thank you. Episode six of seasons four, Wild at Heart. <clears throat> so this time I'm Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Spike's back in town just in time to get tased by the initiative bros, and thus begins his seasons long character arc. Meanwhile, Giles is trying very hard to fill his fun employment with the Scoobies at the Bronze, much to everyone's shock. Uh, At the Bronze, Veruca is playing 90s sad pop singer-songwriter music, and Oz is mesmerized. He runs into Veruca on on the quad and begins chatting with her about band stuff, though Willow is right to be suspicious about their animal magnetism. Later, Oz has locked himself in a weirdly insecure, insecure, unsecured, in a weirdly (laughs) not very secure crypt during the full moon. Uh, Walsh almost gets got by Oz, but Veruca jumps him in what is clearly some weird-ass foreplay. Oz wakes up in the woods, nude, with Veruca, having boned in wolf form in the worst morning after ever. Uh, Veruca, turns out, does not have a cage, and frankly, it's shocking that no one has noticed. Except Walsh knows, and the army bros know. Oz, rebuffing Willow's sexual advances as he's still covered in sex scratches, which makes Willow very suspicious. Uh, Buffy tells Giles about the two werewolves running around and goes to Oz where he is resoldered into the door of his cage to tell him to watch out for another wolf, which is too little too late for Oz. After a frankly terrible montage, Oz tries to convince Veruca to chill in the cage with him because hello, the Slayer knows, and he should just tell her, by the way. He does not, and this backfires because of animal magnetism makes him do it. Uh, Willow finds them both in the morning, and Oz tries to justify it as keeping people safe, which is kind of bullshit, and tries very poorly to explain the sexual connection between him and Veruca. Willow, after finding this out, almost walks into traffic, which, girl, is not worth it. Uh, Buffy comes to Oz's room to find Willow, to no luck, because Willow is on her dark magic shit. Buffy and Oz scout the woods before realizing Veruca is probably after Willow, which is, of course, correct. Veruca is taunting Willow when Oz shows up, and then it's, we'll fight! Uh, Oz kills... (laughs) Oz kills Veruca, and then gets tranked by Buffy before he could kill Willow. Willow finds Oz packing his ship because he is a mess about all of this and needs to be alone, which... Okay, I guess. Yes. And now I get to say, come with me now. (laughs) As we enter the bronze, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. We start this episode off with a very strong pun. (laughs) My first thing is literally just Slayers love puns. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's, It's like... You know Buffy would, like, deny it forever that she's queer, but, like, Buffy, no one, like, A, of all, we all know about you and Faith, and B, of all. Obviously. Like, you you just made this heartburn pun. Like, buddy, come on. Get get with it. 
Does our insistence that gay people love puns mean that everyone's dad is gay? Probably do with that what you will. Listen, I remember that Tumblr about your dad was the original hipster. And like, let's be real about what people are doing in the 60s and 70s, you guys, you know. <laughs> Very true. Um, I feel like I cut you off that. What were you going to? That was, that was my first thing about Slayers loving puns and just my laughter at that. Oh, just that Buffy being so upset that the vampire didn't respond to her pun. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> uh, that's like one of the queer struggles right there is people who are like, what did you just say? <laughs> it was a pun. It was funny. Oh, yeah. dare you not respond appropriately. <laughs> I feel like that's an ongoing like struggle for Buffy too is like she makes all these really great jokes and like the people she makes them to don't get it like it happened in the first episode too right where the first the first one of the season where she's like I just thought I'd drop in like after she falls through the ceiling and like no one gets it and it's just like come on everyone Buffy's fucking hilarious let's come on and at least we're here for her mm-hmm. yeah we're definitely here for all of Buffy's hilarious puns yeah um, what did you have after that? Uh, just, uh, Spike being tasered mid monologue because he wasn't paying attention because he was monologuing and it's like, dude, I know, <laughs> I, know. I know. How have you lived for 120 something years? <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is like the most in character way that spike could possibly be caught by the commandos because like he's real tough and like very good at getting out of traps so like any other circumstance they just happened upon him at the exact right moment and like the fact that this moment exists is just like perfect character i don't i don't remember if we've had the discussion or I've only just seen this on the internet and been like, yeah, I can believe that. Or someone is like, Spike has ADHD and I'm like, possibly. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like that kind of like hyper-focus, you're like, you're not paying attention to anything that's happening right now and you really should be. We haven't talked about that, but I can totally see it. I've definitely seen it as like a theory back in my live journal days with, before I realized how intense my ADHD was. But I'm kind of a little bit like, Possibly. Yeah, I mean, just think about how well he's able to carry on conversations with, like, multiple people in that episode in season seven where Willow is invisible. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, talking to the first and real Buffy and invisible Willow all at the same time. And it's, like, seamless to the point Mm -hmm. where, like, we get it from all these different people's perspectives and it's, like, a coherent conversation with each of them. Yeah. That's ADHD skill right there. Yeah. I also, sorry, just one more thing before we move on to this. And this is going to come up. I mean, a lot when we go into season two, but like everyone's like, which actually annoys me a little bit. Everyone's like, dude, like you and Drusilla, do you realize that she's like a couple of crayons short of the box? And Spike's like, no, fuck. Like I fucking love it. And I'm like, good for you for having this. Whatever. I, I'm I'm a big shipper of theirs. So it's kind of, I'm kind of like, oh, they love each other so much. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I followed you down Sorry. that trail, yeah, but just that's like, okay. You know, neurodiverse people, you know, want to connect with other neurodiverse people. That's all I'm saying. Gotcha. Yes, definitely. That was Sorry, that was the point of my long ramble that I completely got distracted by how much I love them as a couple. Anyway, this is what you should know. It's cool. We're good. Um, all right. So 
in the bronze when they're watching Veruca and like Buffy Buffy says like Kel Fiona color me bored and I was like what 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 and then I looked it up and of course the internet was like would you like answers to all of your questions about things that anyone has ever said on Buffy and apparently it's like a being like she's similar to Fiona Apple basically like been there done that which is like totally fair and then I was like, we are just like a couple years shy of the actually appropriate reference, would have, which would have been Evanescence. Yeah. Like, Veruca's songs could be Evanescence songs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What did I say? Sad pop singer-songwriter music? I mean, like, yeah. But it's like gother than that. I just like, I feel like I get the whole like, throaty singing like wispy white girl fiona apple comparison but fiona apple has always been weirder and cooler than like all the other people in that camp and i'm like no offense evanescence fans yeah there are probably some listening but like evanescence is a way more apt comparison they just weren't out yet so yeah i'm not faulting buffy for that i will say though i think that like as far as, like, weirdness, but definitely comes off in a different way, would be, like, Tori Amos. But, mm. I mean, she's not really in a band. It's just her and a piano, usually. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe also, too, it's partly just that, like, Veruca's songs are so, like, the lyrics are so goth. Yeah. So. I don't know if Buffy would be a Fiona Apple fan. Uh, not Fiona. I don't know if she'd be a Tori Amos fan. But I feel like no. everyone I know who loves Tori Amos is gay, so I'm kind of just, like... I'm like, Buffy doesn't have time to be into music. So she's just like, I feel like the Fiona Apple comparison is like, because Criminal was on the radio a lot whenever this came out. Because like, that's, that's the only Fiona Apple song Buffy has ever heard or ever will hear. That's true. Is it being played to death? And like, maybe on TRL at the moment, then Buffy knows about it. But otherwise, nothing. She's too busy. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, it's your turn. Like, I, I get the joke about, like, Jow showing up with the bronze and then being like, uh, but you're old. And I'm like, you guys know for a fact Giles had a wilder youth than all of you guys combined. <laughs> like. I know. I just wrote, leave Giles alone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Every right to be there hanging out with you guys. Right. You know, he can still party up as we see later in the scenes. <laughs> 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 also, that coffee is also definitely full of bourbon. I'm like, uh-huh, Giles, whatever. Yeah. That scene also made me feel grumpy at them where he's like, it's been ages since I've been to a gig. And they all look at him like he just like, I don't know, farted or something. And I'm like, I know that we have heard Oz use the word gig to describe the fact that he's playing a show before it's not like this is outdated language like what yeah. what shade is being thrown here because i don't think i understand they just they just love making fun of giles because they're all like 19 they're like oh you're in your 40s you're clearly dead and it's like <laughs> <laughs> but actually yeah you guys sure about that we get uh, several pieces of like legitimately good advice in this episode. Um, Buffy telling Willow that it's okay for Oz to notice other people. 
and that she doesn't need to be insecure about it. Mm-hmm. Super rad. Buffy has never followed that advice. However, <laughs> she's correct. Um, Xander being like, Willow, talk to Oz about it. Also advice that Xander will never follow, but like, fucking get it, Xander. Great. You're totally right. Why hasn't she talked to Oz about it? I have a little bit more about that in rants, but yeah. I know. Xander's like giving the good advice. It's like, (laughs) Willow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. Just that I really appreciated that. Um... And did want to give the caveat that like Willow's like, I have lusty feelings and I flog and punish. And I'm like, you don't need to do that. Like you can just be like that person's hot and then move on with your goddamn day. Like you don't need like there's no nothing wrong with that. Which I actually was kind of thinking about that. Yeah, like that part, I'm kinda of like, why are you like beating yourself up about this? I think it's just like society says you're only supposed to have eyes for your partner if you're partnered which is like yeah what are you you supposed to do with all of the like noticing of people with symmetrical features the rest of the time like you're biologically wired to be like i like that face yeah i know i i always feel weird about people feeling guilty about like oh this person was hot and like my partner was upset but i'm like there's a person on television you're not like ever gonna meet them like what i don't know Even if it's, like, in real life, it's like, well, did you, like, try to slip them your number? No? Then, like, what's the problem? Yeah. People be hot. You just gotta fucking deal with it. Exactly. (laughs) What else? I, that's my, the end of my bronze for this week. I have a couple other things. Um, Giles watches game shows the way that I watch game shows, which is yelling about people <laughs> not getting the correct answer do you also say that dinette says should have been mine <laughs> you know i don't because it was clearly some weird combination of like i mean maybe it was like wheel of fortune-esque but it felt like a combination of like jeopardy and prices right <laughs> which are two completely different strategies but i'm always just like you know, a daily double on Jeopardy is like you should have bet more money <laughs> or less money if you didn't know what the fuck you were gonna you were talking about. What are you doing? Welcome to the cemetery where we talk about character development. Who shall we talk about first? Your call. I have I have I have Oz first, so we can talk about him. Sounds good. And just that, like, I know that Oz's character is, like, man of few words, but he really just should have talked to Willow what the fuck was going on before I know. he banged some other lady werewolf. I'm just like, this could have all been prevented by some communication. I mean, I don't think that the first time that him and Veruca have sex, I don't think that Oz really could have done anything about it. That's true. But, like, after the first time, he definitely, yeah, he should have just fucking talked to Willow. Yeah, it's like, oh, I did this thing when I was a wolf, and I feel very bad about it, and now I'm very upset about my control over what is happening. And it's like, that could have just been a conversation. It would have sucked, but you just could have had it. Right. And, like, it would have been fine. Like, Willow knows what you're like when you're a werewolf. Like, 
you you can take her to see the fact that like your cage is broken like they would have come back from that if he would have talked to her yeah for sure yeah i just i found it i found it frustrating Mm -hmm. to be like this all could have been this could have been prevented like it didn't have to go this far you know yeah it's also so i find this episode really hard with like Oz and what happens with Oz because we don't get a lot of like middle ground. He sort of oscillates wildly between like wonderful, perfect pinnacle of like cishet dudeness and like just trash. Like so there like he's just both in the same episode. And I've heard that this was supposed to be a longer season arc for him. And then he like got a movie offer and had to, or, and did quit before they were able to do it. So they just like packed it all into one episode. So like, okay, I guess, but I don't know. Like he does so many things like that are so good and so right. And he's like so sweet and tender with Willow in the beginning of the episode. And like, even though he's clearly like super hot for Veruca when she's like, sit down, he's like, first thing that he says is like, my girlfriend is coming to meet me, which is great. And then he's like, wow, Willow's being really awkward. Let me walk away. Like he just leaves her and you're like, wait, one second ago, you were the good Oz. And now what someone just like flipped a switch in your brain and you just like wandered away like what just happened because that why wouldn't he have taken willow with him like don't leave her there to get insulted by this like mean manic pixie dream vampire werewolf i guess werewolf but like (laughs) she acts like her like singing evanescency quality was much more vampiric to me than werewolf that's fair the only thing I can think of and just sort of like what I feel kind of about the like, like, you know, him being like, I need to fucking bounce is that like, I think that like up to this maybe episode, he thought that he had for the most part, not like quite control with the werewolf inside of him, but kind of, I kind of get what's going on. And then this is just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And I just need to like go somewhere alone and figure this the fuck out, you know? But like not explaining that to Willow as a thing that he needs to do is was like also a problem is she just like what is happening and he's just being like i gotta go yeah but at the very least be like shit willow i just remembered like i have to take care of this thing could you walk with me and then be like i'm actually having an emotional experience like i'm gonna have to go i just didn't want to like leave you there with veruca the poop head who's just like insulting you and being a jerk while like eating a hamburger because she's so cool which we'll talk about later but like (laughs) i don't know it's it just doesn't like this this oz episode which is like his second to last episode but like it just doesn't track it just doesn't track for me yeah that's fair yeah this episode this episode does a lot and none of it is good (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, my last thing is just like, and I didn't look this up to see if it actually existed in, what is this, 2000? But I'm just like, ah, oh, just go to Burning Man and find yourself. Like, why are you trying to go to fucking <laughs> Tibet? Like, one of those fucking white dudes. Just like, go do a bunch of drugs in the desert like everyone else. Um, Willow? Willow. The thing where 
what Oz says it's always so busy in there to her about her brain is like something that I have just like taken to help explain what's going on in my brain to like my neurotypical friends and partners. <laughs> Cause I'm just like, yeah, that's exactly what's going on. There's just so much going on in here all the fucking time. So just a moment of resonance. Yeah. I feel like uh, that kind of part and then that it, comes out in Willow in such a nerdy way as like one of the reasons why I feel like at least kind of at this point I'm like you know Willow I feel this <laughs> I feel you mm-hmm. on this but I also think Willow could have also been like hey Oz I'm having these feelings I'm feeling a little bit like you're ignoring me what the fuck's going on and like the fact that Xander's the one to be like hey you should totally talk to Oz it's like if Xander is giving you good advice you should take it because that means that like you know Xander's like a, what do they say? Like a broken clock where he's right a couple times a day. And this is one of those times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, she really, she really like lets her insecurity do all of the driving in the way that she handles the situation. And obviously the bulk of the responsibility for how this all plays out rests with Oz because he's the one doing the thing that like needs to be told. But like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's maybe just a fully separate thing that Willow is experiencing that like, she also needs to be talking to him about that's like unrelated sort of to what's happening with Oz and Veruca. This is really like about Willow and her like confidence in her relationship with Oz and like, yeah, y'all have been together for so long and like he clearly cares about you so much. You have a really good relationship. Even though he talks almost not at all, he's a very good communicator with her. And it's just like, yeah, just ask. Like, hey, I'm feeling really insecure about this. That weird girl makes me feel like not hot and I feel like you're checking her out. And then I was going to be like, hopefully be like yep something weird's going on i think maybe she's like werewolf too or something but i promise i'm not gonna cheat on you i know yeah and i just i mean i feel like i do sympathize with willow as someone who like it took many years of therapy and not being in my 20s to be able to like articulate my feelings especially Mm -hmm. to like a romantic partner (laughs) so it's like i kind of understand like willow's being like kind of keeping a lot of it inside and like talking to other people besides Oz. Like I totally sympathize with her about that, even though I still feel if she had like come to him to be like, I'm feeling super insecure about this. I think, or I hope that Oz would have like responded and that could have, you know, opened up a dialogue between them. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like it's like, they're both trying so hard to, to hide their actual feelings from one another and like it is clearly not working because they're just kind of like you know the fuck was that what's going on and like willow's of course incredibly suspicious with this whole thing with veruca which i don't know i have a bit more i have like a little thing in politics about that but yeah it's just very awkward to watch mm-hmm. <laughs> guess what i have to say about that yeah yeah the only other thing really that i have about willow which is sort of like about alice and hannigan i don't know but like 
Alison Hannigan is in like the top five, at least maybe top three best criers on like the history of TV <laughs> and maybe movies also. Like she just like really fucking cries and it makes her so effective at like getting at you <laughs> when you're yeah. watching it. No, I ha- I have to agree. She's like, she's really, she's really selling it on the crying. Yeah. It's funny because this show is very scarce with people who are good at selling like negative emotions. Oz, not great. Angel, atrocious. <laughs> Buffy, like Sarah Michelle Gellar cannot cry. It is so awkward and i can't wait till we get to a point where we can like watch a scene together and i can be like let's wait to see how long it takes sarah michelle geller to like of not blinking before she gets a tear to fall out of her eyes because it's like a while and we just like stay zoomed in as her eyes get really dry and then start dripping it's terrible and then we have willow who's just like a sad thing is happening and I am like snotty and like crying and my mouth's doing the crying thing. And, and like, like red faced, like I know. just selling. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. I feel like the only other people I could think of who are like in the same tier are uh, Gina Rodriguez, AKA the person who plays Jane the Virgin, who is an incredible crier and fucking Billy Piper who holy shit if anyone she does so much crying too park i'm like oh and so much so much crying happens with yeah like go watch go watch the her last episode of of doctor who where she gets stuck in the alternate universe and she's like saying goodbye to the doctor on the beach and like i don't know if i've ever seen anyone just like ugly cry like legitimately ugly cry while acting aside from that Anyway, appreciate dedication to the art. Good job, Willow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I've already talked about all of my Willow points. I don't have any other folks Just here. one thing about Giles, okay, which is yes. that we're tracking the evident, like his, uh, you know, decline from like fun employed to like abject despair by like the prominence of his television and it has now <laughs> migrated to where he like eats and does his bills. So. <laughs> Welcome to April Fool. I don't think it has an S uh, where we talk about fashion and stuff. I just want to say that like Giles daytime pajamas, fun employment look is... <laughs> All of us right now in this pandemic. <laughs> Where I'm like, you look so comfy. You're just like in a bathrobe and like your pajamas. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, yeah, Giles is ready for that pandemic life. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, my first note here just says, what the fuck is Buffy wearing? Uh, her, even her headscarf? That makes no sense. Wait. That whole outfit. <laughs> Did you, like, take the whole thing in? She's wearing a lot of, like, army green, I feel yes. like. She's wearing this weird floral headscarf, and then she's wearing an army green tank top. A, I It might be camo, or it might just be khaki. 
like ankle length skirt. She's carrying a leopard print bag. She sure is. And then she's wearing this like leather, like BDSM bracelet that's pink. And it's like every single piece of her outfit came from like a different closet. And then she just stood in a tornado and the different things landed on her or something. And like, does it, I feel like her outfits this season and even into season five, like don't make any sense where I'm just like, what are you wearing Buffy? I honestly don't know if Buffy ever wears a single thing in this entire show that I'm like, yeah, good clothes. Except when she wears like her prom dress and her leather jacket, that's hot, obviously. Yeah, I feel like in season six and season seven, she just like her wardrobe because like very monochromatic, which you like can't fuck up, I feel like. We will argue about that in season seven when (laughs) Buffy wears a series of somehow increasingly ugly white blouses. (laughs) I'm like, I didn't know you could put more frills on, like, a high-necked white blouse, but you did. It's awful. Take that off right now. Come on, Buffy. And then she's like, how about a black one? I'm like, does it still have frills on it? Yes, you're doing a terrible job getting dressed. Try again. Yeah, I am, like, so curious about the, like, costuming on this show. I'm just like, what were any of y'all thinking? I know. Uh... I also wanted to point out, um, because LOL, Oz is wearing a uh, Shea Gravaro t-shirt mm-hmm. <laughs> one of those scenes, and I'm like, yep, that was a thing that happened in the 90s. It <laughs> sure was. <laughs> oh, jeez. My note about Oz is that what I want is for, like, Tan France to just, like, show up in <laughs> the scene, any scene, and be like, these are these are your shoulder seams, and they're supposed to be on your shoulders, and then, like, his shirts would fit, because, like, his sense of style is, like, pretty good. I'm just imagining him getting a shirt in the right size, and then getting some fucking skinny jeans, objectively the best pant and getting rid of these doofy wide legs. And it's like, Oz, you would, you're like 75% there. Like your clothes just need to fit you. And you would be the only fashionable person in the Scoobies. Like you'd be doing great. But like, I feel like in what is this, like 2000, if he had skinny jeans, he would have come off super gay. Because I feel like only gay people were wearing skinny jeans in the, in the like early 2000s. Yeah, gay people and punks, but Oz has plausible deniability on the punk front. That's true. That is true. He is very punk adjacent. Yeah. So. In a cooler town, Oz would be punk. Yeah. There just is no punk scene in Sunnydale. So like, you know, hovering on the perimeters of like Blink-182 is the best that he can do. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the Sunnydale punk scene is just vampire. It probably is. <laughs> uh, so Josh should be going for for a show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just I don't like Veruca at all. There's only really two things that I'm like, okay, you have that. And the one thing is her making fun of everyone's clothing, which is correct, even though it was very upsetting when she said it to Willow's face because it was an atrocious T-shirt. But you don't say it to her face. I disagree. I think Willow's shirt was fine. I mean, it's like very of the time. Yeah. It's deeply in line with Willow's like my lesbian coming of age wardrobe is like 
hip middle-aged hippie mom in like white suburbia wardrobe aka my mom would wear that shirt now (laughs) and like yeah it's a goofy shirt but like it's fine there's nothing wrong with it and like willow it's perfect for like 1999 yeah i don't know i have no qualms with the shirt that willow's wearing her skirt can we get rid of ankle length skirts but like I don't know. I was just like, that shirt is fine. Willow is wearing way more offensive shirts than that, that shirt. But I feel like I want to compare it to her, like, leather pants, black ensemble she wears to go seduce Oz, which, like, was pretty great. This is so funny, because my note on that is poor Willow in these goofy goth clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, obviously she's trying too hard, but I'm also kind of like, this work. this look works for me. Yeah, but, like, not on Willow, right? I mean, maybe. If she wore it all the time, I'd be like, no. But it's just, like, for this moment where she's trying to be like, I could be cool, too. I could be. Yeah, but it's, like, 2 p.m. I don't know. It just, like, the other other outfit just, like, is very Willow. And, like, I don't know. It fit her well. It was, like, good colors on her. I just, I didn't think there was anything worth making fun of there. And then she comes in, like, basically looking like you know good willow wearing evil willow's clothes trying to convince everyone that she's bad I'm like hey oz like i'm want to get sexy with you and you're like oh baby take the don't do that this no go put the glitter shirt back on like you were fine everything was fine that's totally, that's totally fair <laughs> i think there's room in this world for both of us to be right yeah well i could just mix it up a little more that's all Welcome to the Hellmouth, where we talk about politics and things that are fucked up. I guess I'm just upset that we had this scene of Oz being like, I don't want to have sex with you, Willow. And it is because he has cheated on her and doesn't want her to find out all his sex scratches, as opposed to being like, sometimes you just don't want to have sex and it's okay, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't like the sort of like, if it... If a dude doesn't want to have sex, it means it's because he's fucking cheating on you. It's like a really terrible point to make. And I don't mm. like it. Mm-hmm. You know? Because, like, not everyone wants to fucking have sex all the goddamn... Like, it's, like even when you're young and you're, like, full of hormones and you want to bone all the time. It doesn't mean literally every... Like, any time. You're like... Uh. Totally. And that just makes me angry, I guess. Like, in general. Yeah, I think... Um... Actually, I'm glad that you brought this up because I was like going back and forth a lot about how I felt about how that whole thing was handled because like Willow leaves like clearly upset about it, but like says that it's okay and like doesn't try to like pressure Oz or like make him feel guilty or anything like that, but like does end up making him feel guilty because she is hurt, which is like... I'm I wasn't totally clear on and then we get this scene with Xander where Xander's like sometimes people just don't want to have sex which I thought was good but also the framing of like during the seven annual minutes that he's not thinking about sex thing I was like this is not good and then basically I just got like overloaded with like I don't know there's too many different ways that this is being handled and I can't figure out how I feel about it and I think that you're right like what ends up happening is that the subtext is like 
dudes only don't want to have sex if they're cheating on you. Yeah, which is not the case and like a really not great way to view to view sex if you're having sex with a dude. Yeah, everyone needs to have space to like not want to have sex as often as they don't want to have sex, basically. Yeah. yeah. Even when you're having sex, you can be like, actually, I'm not really feeling this. Like, that's fine, too. It's fine to not want to have sex with people, even people that you're in a relationship with. Which we are actually going to get later this season, right? Isn't that why Anya thinks that her and Xander have broken up in a little bit is because Xander didn't want to have sex with her once. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. In an episode that probably everyone thinks that we're going to skip, but we're not. Which <laughs> <one>? <laughs> what? The one where Buffy and Riley just have sex forever, but like there's way too much good Spike and Giles content in that episode to make it worth skipping. You know, I watched that and I'm like, this isn't as bad as beer bad. So like, <laughs> and no. you're right. There's a lot of like, Stuff that is happening. Yeah. Like, Anya, Anya, Giles, and Spike in that episode are all fantastic. And I'm like, yeah, it's a silly plot. And, like, everyone hates Riley, so I guess they don't want to see him and Buffy, like, magic fucking forever. But, like, get over it. You get to see Spike being so silly and Anya being so silly. Like, come on. Come on, everyone. Get your priorities straight. Also, the, the time I hate Riley is next season, not this season. Like... Hey, into it. Emma's like, I mean, listen, if Buffy wants to get it on with some like corn fed Midwestern dude who's like taller and wider than, than her, fucking let her. Let her have some fucking joy <laughs> in this life. <laughs> yes, I'm with you on that. So. Uh, anyway, so Oz murders someone. <laughs> he sure does. Just straight up. Yup. And Veruca was straight up going to murder Willow. I don't know. It's it's a real weird plot thing. And it's one of those things that shows like this do a lot where it's like, it's okay for the villain to die as long as it happens sort of like indirectly. So it's like, I just didn't stop him from falling off that roof, though I could have. And like, it's fine because he's evil and I'm still the good guy because I didn't murder him overtly. And it's like, well, Oz did it as a werewolf while she was a werewolf. And so nothing bad has transpired. And you're like, "Mm, mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't think (laughs) think that's true. Yeah, no, it's like, you're right. Like, She's going to college. She has a band. People are going to notice she's fucking gone. What are you, like, what are you guys going to fucking do about that? Nothing. Right. And they've managed what? Like, Oz has been a werewolf for like three years and no one, we, the gang has not managed to to murder him. It's like, you like, this was the solution. So, yeah. And then, I don't know. This is also one of those things where I'm like, this is why it, irks me when the show puts so much emphasis on like spike not having a soul when it's like veruca had a soul and y'all were just like oh it's fine that oz just ripped her throat out i'm like uh, <laughs> you, uh i mean you guys i really the, where is the line here please tell me please tell me about this line yeah about what is evil and who gets to live or die or not because i really feel like y'all just change it to whatever's gonna fit in 
your mind frame at the time, which is fucked up. Absolutely. Yeah, Veruca, right, has a soul both in, like, it's fucked up that they just let her get murdered, and also in that she apparently goes out, like, killing people every month because she's a wolf and whatever. Which is so ridiculous. It's like, do you not know you live on a hellmouth? Like, Buffy could have fucking axed you to death like years ago but Buffy wouldn't because she knows how to recognize a werewolf but like that's true I don't know it's very interesting she's like because she's the only or werewolf besides Oz that we ever meet and we've all we've met this like werewolf hunter who like you know kills werewolves and whatever and Buffy's like they're people and we like have to assume that they're all like Oz and are like like any of us would be like, I'm not going to go out killing people just because I'm a wolf now. Yeah. But maybe that now that we've met Veruca, maybe werewolf hunter dude is killing werewolves like Veruca who are just like, I'm a wolf all the time. My human body is just a disguise and I should go out murdering people every month under the full moon and Oz is the one exception. And so we shouldn't be all werewolves or people. And it just gets so morally muddy. Yeah, for sure. And then my other question was, what was Buffy's plan to stop Veruca? <laughs> to tranquilize her? Well, but her long-term plan to oh. stop Veruca. And I don't think she had one, which is why I think that Buffy waited outside of that room until Oz (laughs) killed Veruca to come in and trank Oz because she didn't have a solution other than killing Veruca. And she was like, well, if I let Oz kill her while Oz is a werewolf, then clean hands. That's true. And then that is that is the end of her issue with Willow being sad about this other werewolf that has turned Oz's head. She can be like, well... Look, Willow, he loves you so much, he murdered her for you. That's love. Thumbs up. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. This episode. Yeah, I think that you're right. It probably, this maybe would have made more sense if this had, like, happened across, like, five or six episodes of the season as opposed to cramming it into this episode. Yeah. Welcome to the magic box where we rant about stuff. Okay, that scene at the beginning where they're like, cool, so if college is so great and like the bronze is so fun, why are we so miserable right now? Is like the biggest mood. And also I feel like every time I have ever like gone to a club or a party, that's exactly how I feel is like, (laughs) why am I not having the amount of fun that I think I'm supposed to be having? And it just made me be like, I wish that I like when I was 19 could have started like vocally saying like, why is this not fun? (laughs) Because I think I would have given myself a lot more leniency to be like, oh, this legitimately, you're legitimately not having fun, Lark. Like, you don't have to do these things just because you think you're supposed to. Yep. (laughs) And I I mean, I like going to the bar, I like going to clubs. I definitely think in my youth, I did it more than was probably like actually like 
healthy for the amount of human interaction that I prefer, I think, versus the amount yeah. of time not with, a per- with people that I prefer. So I think I just like kind of push myself outside of my own comfort zone and boundaries to be like, this is fine. This is what we're supposed to do when you're like 20. Yeah, that was it. I just liked it. It's your turn right. now. Um, so I just have one thing, which is obviously that this episode happened in the course of like three days. But part of me is like, Oz, maybe you should get yourself STI tested unless like your werewolfism prevents you from getting other things. I'm like, mm. you should be a little bit concerned about having unprotected sex with someone you don't know. <laughs> really? Or like, I don't know, do werewolves get parvo? Like something. I'm like, you should be like a <laughs> little think, bit concerned. I don't think parvo is sexually transmitted. <laughs> I mean, no, but close contact. I don't know. Saliva. I don't fucking get it know. from dirt. Oh, that's fair. I don't, I actually don't know how you could, how dogs get parvo. But yeah, I'm just kind of like. I mean, they get it from like other dogs poop. So I guess we don't actually know like what sex acts they were performing. I guess they could potentially pass Parvo to each other. I'm just like, I'm just like, uh, is you really, that really should have been part of your process as to be like. Do you think they also needed to worry about pregnancy? Probably, which even, I mean, I don't know. The fact that Veruca seems very lax about the whole murdering people once a month, it's kind of like. Are you on birth control? Does it work if you're a werewolf? Like, she, I guess she would probably be on birth control. What would happen if two werewolves made a baby while they were werewolves? I don't know. They are born as werewolf puppies. I don't know. Which could be, which could be cute, but also very confusing to tell people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's been like three months. Here is this puppy that I have. Don't ask questions. Just don't yeah. ask questions. <laughs> Um, as always, I would like Willow to get her shoes out of Xander's bed. (laughs) She fucking, did you see her? She just like walks up and like puts her feet in his bed, like on his pillow with her shoes on. The amount that people wear their shoes in in either their own bed or other people's bed is deeply upsetting to me. notice it every time this is a tv only thing right or maybe even like a buffy only thing are they afraid of showing people wearing socks on tv i don't know it's weird i guess if you're shooting for a long time you don't want to be walking around set in just your socks i don't know i don't know either it's very weird yeah it's deeply upsetting to me (laughs) like i don't even like wearing the clothes i've worn outside of my house in my bedroom let alone like Having your shoes on. Uh, uh, uh. I mean, I'm not even like an adamant like shoes off in the house person. I'm like, I have three dogs. My floors are gross. Like Evan and I have joked about, you know, how like babies who grow up in houses with pets have better immune systems than babies who grow up in houses with no pets because pets are disgusting and like gross stuff makes your budding immune system better. Yeah. We're, like, pretty good at cleaning our house every weekend. Like, not, like, deep cleaning, but we, like, vacuum and, like, dust and wash the floors and whatever, like, solidly once a week. And with three dogs, like, the amount that we vacuum up every Saturday is, like, oh, my God, this is disgusting. So I'm, like, we should 
offer a service after COVID where like you can pay us and we'll take the dogs out of the house for an hour and you can just like let your baby crawl around in the house to like get its immune system going. (laughs) So like, you know, I'm just sort of like, I don't care that much about like whether or not I wear my shoes in my house. I don't know because I know it can bring COVID in, but like on the furniture, that is too much. Even on the couch is too much, but like in your bed, no, it's disgusting. It's fucking disgusting. It's so nasty. <laughs> and someone else's bed is like... Maybe Xander just has a really gross bed. Because now that we've seen everyone just wearing their shoes and eat, like eating in his bed and just doing whatever, I'm Carving like... Carving pumpkins. <laughs> yeah. I like... Maybe this just shows that Xander is just living in his own filth. And everyone else's filth, apparently. No, because we'll see them in lots of other beds with shoes on as we move through the series. And I will call it out every single time. (laughs) (laughs) Our like five minute rant about how gross it is. (laughs) Don't do this. Uh, Okay. Mm, Yes. What else did you have here? That That honestly was it. Okay. So you know how on TV... Whenever someone gets hit by a car or almost gets hit by a car, it's like the slowest process in the world. And the driver has like 25 minutes to stop before plowing into the person and they just don't. That's very annoying to me. It's like so weird. And then I was watching it and I was like, this is too soon for texting and driving. So this person doesn't even have like that excuse for why they didn't just stop. (laughs) Like, they could have stopped five times in the amount of time that Willow was standing still in the road. That is so true. All right, I don't know. I have, like, seven pages of rants about Veruca. Do you not have stuff about Veruca anywhere? Apparently not. So, yes, let's continue. Let's tell me all about your rants about Veruca. I want to hear them. I mean, this is not a rant and maybe could have been, like, a science thing. But, like, I kind of feel like she's, like, a Vila because it's not just oz xander and giles also like cannot stop looking at her i was like does that mean that if oz figured out how to like channel his inner wolf like he also like dingoes could become wildly famous because like the sex pouring off of him while he was on stage would be so much that no one would be able to take their eyes off of him possibly i mean apparently that animal magnetism's got a lot of is really working maybe it's apparently boosted by the hellmouth. who the fuck knows yeah oz i feel like oz is not that kind of person but if he was yeah he could have just been touring with the dingoes across the country being wildly popular but aside from that my you know my notes on veruca start with ug veruca the the whole Right, like her like manic pixie dream girl, like look at me, I'm eating a cheeseburger thing. Come on. I don't know how much of a trope this that was at this point. Like was she was this scene like feeding the trope or was it a symptom of the trope? So this this is definitely a trope because it reminds me of so there's this monologue in the book and in the movie Gone Girl where it's like it it basically makes reference to the like cool girl, manic pixie, dream girl tropes. Mm-hmm. So yes, this is definitely a thing. 
Where it's like, you're one of the dudes, you love to eat fucking cheeseburgers, and you, you know, can just, like, chug some beers, and you're cool, like, hanging out, and, like, playing video games, yeah. and, you know, you love football, and giving blowjobs, and not like a regular girl, you're a cool girl, and it's like... You're like a boy, but, like, a girl, and I'm like, there's a word for the feeling that you're having, it's called gay. <laughs> Like if you want to, if you want to date someone who's just like one of the boys, you can just like date a boy. I don't know, I don't yeah. know if you know that there's a solution to that problem. Yeah, my my favorite part about this like monologue from Gone Girl is that the main character who is in lacking empathy, but she has, but she's just kind of like men thinks that this person, this woman exists, and she does not. It's like all a construction to get with people in a heterosexual relationship, and it's like I think that's true. It's sort of like. You know, it's like, a, it's like a mask you put on to be like, I'm not one of those like salad eating girls who, you know, one of the cool girls. I don't fucking care about downing two cheeseburgers. Whatever yeah. the fuck. I mean, uh, speaking as a former Manic Pixie Dream Girl, I'm pretty sure that Manic Pixie Dream Girl is just like code for closeted trans masculine person. <laughs> so like, you know. I You know, I could see this actually. Uh, I'm excited to maybe discuss this when we get to... Our other ultimate cool girl, Faith. Yeah, she's not quite Manic Pixie, though. No, she's like adjacent, I think. It's like the kind of like edgier version of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Fair. Okay, my one thing that I do like about Veruca is that when they're in this scene where they're like robbing the laundry room of some random dorm... Oz is just like clothes that will stay on me and Veruca is like matching lingerie like I will not be leaving here looking (laughs) anything less than perfect and I have a lot of respect for that I don't think you should steal people's expensive clothes I'm just saying like in terms of character I'm like yeah cool good yeah I have a little bit about that in uh Spike's Crypt because I think it's actually it was a really good look for her yeah yeah let's talk about it there yeah but before we talk about the one hot thing about Veruca, can we talk about how gross the song lyrics are? <laughs> I didn't even notice. I didn't. I was like not paying attention. I meant to actually look at. I actually kind of meant to look up the like transcript because I like was not paying attention to what the fuck she was singing about. I will say that the first song that she sings repeatedly has the line "dip a finger in me." Oh no! I mean, that not. Okay, that's the a word lot. dip in that line is gross. <laughs> I don't have any issues with like talking about fingering. It's that particular series of words. Dip? Dip? No. Yeah, it makes it sound like your genitals are like softer or something. Yeah, or like like maybe if you're gonna like finger paint with menstrual blood, you can like dip a finger in. It's whatever. And also the other line that I wrote down, which I just think is a really funny line and also kind of a burn is leave me the hard part. It's all I want. <laughs> She's talking physical bodies. Yeah. Like, nope. She sure, she sure is talking physical bodies. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, now I wish I wish I looked at the transcripts of those terrible lyrics. I was not paying attention at all. <laughs> Welcome to Spike's Crypt, where we talk about sexy stuff. 
Veruca in lingerie. Okay, Veruca in lingerie showing off her surprisingly cute tattoos. Like, she's like a feather or like a leaf near her belly button. I'm like, that's actually cute. And you can clearly see she has like a tattoo that's like covered up by her lingerie. I mean, cute girls with tattoos. I'm kind of just like, I was kind of like, you know, I actually really dislike you, but I mean, I get it. I don't, you know, think you're as cute as Willow, but like, I I get where you're like, I'm hot shit. I mean, honestly, if they had like given her different direction on like how to move and also like been a little less intense with like whatever they were doing with her makeup, I think that like the actor is a real babe for sure. Yeah. She's just like the way that Veruca is played is deeply unsettling so it like yeah. it does feel weird to be like yeah sexy as opposed to like oh something is amiss yeah no i think i think in general that's kind of why i'm like i can't be like you're a babe because i'm just like what are you doing yeah i did appreciate her tattoos um oz looks great with his shirt off i know <laughs> How dare they keep this information from us for so long? And give it to us on like his second to last episode in his entire series. Yeah, and he's going to come back in one of those fucking hippie, terrible texture sweater thingies. Oh yeah, the like woven hoodie things. Yeah, it's like the opposite of having your shirt on. Oh, man, I had one of those for so long. And then finally, I was like, this is not working. (laughs) Yep, me too. It was the law. As a young weirdo, you had to try it. And then you're like, these are uncomfortable and hot and uncomfortable. And then I just keep seeing and I kept seeing adults. I mean, not now, but when I was like, I don't know, in high school and college, like adults who would wear them. And I'm like, and now I'm like, you should have moved past that. But yeah, Oz shirtless, a little bit of scratches. I'm like here for that. Yeah. I'm glad that we, that like Seth Green got to have that before leaving the show because apparently like one of the biggest deals to him as a person of like having been on Buffy was that he got to be like an attractive romantic lead even though he's really fucking short, which like doesn't happen in Hollywood. And I'm like really grateful that they at the like very last moment were like and you know what we're gonna let our audience appreciate the fact that like you look fantastic with no shirt on like yeah give him that i feel like i don't ever get that because i'm like i think short dudes are incredibly attractive yeah it doesn't make it like it's silly it's very very silly seth green is a babe like yeah there's nothing about his height that changes the fact that he's a babe. Like, he should get to be a romantic lead as often as he fits the part. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think my last thing is just that, like, again, I just want to get up underneath Giles's cozy sweater. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, there will not be an episode of Giles is in where I'm just lo- where I'm not like, yes, excellent. <laughs> <laughs>
Like, oh my god, watching season five, there's an episode where, like, Jalos takes his glasses off to, like, threaten Spike, and I'm like, this is so hot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like dying. I'm like, oh my god. Ah. <laughs> uh. Welcome to the library where we talk about magic and science and magical science. Lady werewolves. Lady werewolves that have long hair. Such long hair. <laughs> how, how else will you know which one is the lady werewolf? So I propose that they should have just given her fake eyelashes and a bow. Because I thought that that was the agreed upon how you can tell this one's a girl. Yeah, exactly. I was just, I was so upset by that. I mean, I'm upset about the look of the werewolves in the show in general, but I was doubly upset with that, where it's like, you could have just made her for a different color. We would have figured it out. For real. Oh my God. Right. It's very much a situation where you're like, I didn't know that this costuming could be worse. And then they're like, and this one's a girl. Okay, guys, please so, chill out. Sorry, I interrupted you. What were you saying? No, I'm sorry. I was just like, yeah, exactly. It's just so frustrating. I and I, I don't know. I can't stop like wondering what their motivation was. Where it was like, well, we don't want anyone to accidentally think for a second that like gay werewolf sex is happening, or is it like we want people to think this is hot because like. That's never going to happen. I guess I assumed it was to, like, make sure that no one thought that somehow the other werewolf that Osbones is, like, a dude, which is, like, y'all. You don't, I mean, we don't even get confirmation that they had sex until they wake up as people the next morning. So, like, there was never any risk of that. And, like, these werewolves look nothing like wolves. There's just nothing hot about like this costuming so it's not like they needed to be like we need to like protect the integrity of this hot lady actor by like making her werewolf form hot it's like no furries are like getting excited about this werewolf costume guys you know i actually i actually feel like i wish they would have fucking hired some people who make furry outfits because like i don't know if you've ever looked up to be like a while ago, I like looked up to be like, how much do these do these suits cost? They're very expensive because they're all they're handmade. So expensive. Mm-hmm. They're so expensive. They're handmade, and I'm like, y'all could have just you could have just paid some like 22 year old furry to create a better werewolf, like a better werewolf makeup look than like whatever is happening in makeup for here because it's just it just doesn't make any sense. It's like just so weird. They do look like yeah, like some kind of like terrible like ape creatures as opposed to werewolves. Yeah, Walsh is like, I thought it was a gorilla and I wrote, haha, me too. Right. <laughs> They're so awful. I already found an Etsy a better looking like wolf head than this show has. And I'm like, if they ever do actual Buffy remake, they need to they need to make the werewolves look better. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> so much money. Props to props to y'all, furries. Get that money. Put those sewing skills to good use. <laughs> I just had one more thing here. Do you have anything else here? No, most of my thing was also about how the werewolf look, the werewolf look is awful. 
So my last question, I think it's a, a question, like werewolf bodies, obviously they don't disintegrate. Okay, here's my question. Like, what did they do with the body? I presume they buried it, but like, will the body turn back to human after the full moon? Or is it staying in this werewolf form? I have no idea. Because like, I don't know, really, I just want to know, like, if someone accidentally like, digs this up, or, you know, whatever, are they going to be digging up human remains? Or are they going to be like, wow, why is there like a gorilla buried in the, you know, quad at UC Sunnydale? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe there's a place that Buffy takes the demons that don't immediately disintegrate or go poof or whatever to bury the other thing i was thinking about is that i feel like it only like shit like this only makes sense if there is some weird critter demon thing that's part of the like sunnydale ecosystem where it's like eating these like dead things that buffy is leaving somewhere that no one is finding ever again Hmm. you know Mm mm-hmm or else there's a lot of fat vultures in fucking Sunnydale. I don't know. But <laughs> Yeah, maybe she just has like a farm of those like beetles <laughs> that they always get on the FBI forensic shows to strip the bones. Yeah, there's got to yeah, there's got to be something cuz it's like, yeah, what are you doing with these bodies? Like what did you do with Veruca's body? Yeah, that's like a really good question. All right. We did it. We did it. We'll miss you, Oz, but thanks for getting out of the way for the gay stuff. Woohoo! (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get that gay shit. Thank you all for listening to this episode of We Are the Gayers. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, or if you listen somewhere else that does rating and reviewing, that's fine too. Um, check out the show notes for all of the things that you could possibly want to know about us and we will see you on the next full moon and until then it's the hell mouth bitch like what <laughs>